Today is the 23rd of August, 2021. It's the Lunar Observance Day, the Uposata Day. So every seven or eight days, there's a Lunar Observance Day. And at the Buddhist time, originally there weren't any gatherings on these Uposata days, but religions outside of the Buddhist dispensation uh, did have gatherings on these lunar observance days. And therefore, at one point during the Buddha's lifetime, he established gathering on these Uposata days, whether the eighth day, the 14th day, or the 15th day of the lunar month, to gather together and to do a Sangha Kama, actions of the Sangha, to listen to the Vinaya, the monastic discipline, to care for the Vinaya and the monastic uh, code, and to practice Dhamma together, to care for the practice of sila, samadhi, and paniya. And nowadays we come together and we chant the praises of the Buddha, the Dhamma, and the Sangha. This is something of merit, is something skillful. And the important point is to meditate, to cultivate our minds, to cultivate mindfulness. This mindfulness, this quality of recollection, and sampajanya, this clear knowing, clear comprehension. And we also uh, cultivate satipanya, mindfulness and wisdom. We see that mindfulness has right view uh, with it as well, with satipanya. And this right view is the head of the Noble Eightfold Path. So mindfulness with wisdom means that right view is included in this mindfulness as well. This mindfulness to know what one is doing in the present moment, something very important to know oneself in the present, to know if greed, aversion, or delusion are present, to know if rapture is present, to know the arising of rapture as it happens. For instance, we chant the praises of the Buddha, the Dhamma, and the Sangha, and tonight we chanted a special chant which uh, praises and pays homage to the relics of the Buddha. This is giving rise to a meritorious heart, a heart of goodness. And this can give rise to rapture or pity. And so we know the arising of this rapture. And this knowing of oneself is the quality of sampajanya, clear knowing. We can also have pleasure and happiness arise in the mind. Uh, and these happen because the mind is becoming peaceful. And if the mind is uh, busy and distracted or agitated, we know this as well. So the mind becoming peaceful has rapture. And we think to these five jhanic factors of applied thought, sustained thought, rapture, happiness, and one-pointedness. So when we chant, we are using applied thought and sustained thought with the chanting, these qualities of vitaka and vichara. And then uh, happiness and rapture can arise. This we can call upajara samadhi. 
And so we chant and our mind can become still and collected. We can enter the first jhana, the first absorption at this point. So we contemplate, have mindfulness with our body, have mindfulness with feeling, mindfulness with the mind, or mindfulness with the uh, fact that everything is Dhamma. And so we know sense impressions and moods as they arise. We know liking, no disliking, no praise or blame, you know, pleasure or pain. We know all of it as not self. All these various feelings are all not self, they're all Dhamma. So this is the Dhamma arising in the heart. So we chant, and this is one method to bring the mind to peace and collectedness. When we chant a lot, the mind can become filled with rapture. So this is a quality of samadhi. The mind's not busy and distracted. So may you have effort to bring this about. This is uh, a method to bring the mind to peace. So may you practice in this way continuously, practice all the time until to make the mind proficient in this. We recollect um, the qualities of the Buddha and then samadhi can arise easily. Whatever kamatana we use, whatever meditation object, we recollect it often, such as the recollection of the Buddha, Buddha Nusati. Just like we chanted uh, this evening, the special chant, this is Buddha Nusati all the same. We're praising the qualities of the Buddha, the great wisdom, great compassion, great purity of the Buddha, and this is a way to give rise to rapture easily in the heart and mind. So may you have effort in this. May you try to do it. If you practice watching the in and out breathing, one may start to control the breathing to make the breath shorter, make the breath longer. This can lead the mind to become chaotic and agitated. So it may be suitable at this point to change one's meditation object to the recollection of the Buddha. We chant and we have our mind just with the single mood, single object of Buddha Nusati. We put down all the other sense impressions. And this is a way to bring our mind to peace. So may you practice like this. Practice the Dhamma in this way continuously every single day. We eat food every day, we eat rice, and we drink water every day, maybe two or three liters. And food, we eat maybe two or three meals every single day. In our in and out breath, that's happening uh, all the time, all day and all night. And these things happen all the time, every day, in order that our body may have life. We can see if there's a problem with the lungs, if the lungs have trouble breathing, we die very easily. We can see this a lot in the present situation with a virus that damages or attacks the lungs. We see that the health of the lungs is very important. When a problem arises with the lungs, all the bodily systems start to have problems and this leads to death.
So we can ask, well, what does our mind need? What does our heart need? Uh, what does it use in order to keep on living? And the answer is the Dhamma. The Dhamma is the food for our hearts. So we may have a lot of material wealth, a lot of uh, money or land or houses, um, but all these material things, these external things, they're all temporary. In the present, we can see this perhaps more clearly. Before, we may have seen that this material wealth was something of great value. And we could use this money and wealth to take care of our body and our health. We could go to the best hospital, get the best kind of treatment, and get whatever we needed. Maybe go to a hospital in Thailand or outside of Thailand. But now, even if one has a lot of money, then even just finding an available bed in a hospital can be very difficult. It can be hard even just to find a hospital that's not full uh, because a lot of people are sick at the present time. So even with a lot of money, it's no longer possible to get everything one wants. So we can see that it's all a convention. Another example is uh, oxygen. This is something of very high value at the present time, especially if one can't find oxygen or doesn't have enough oxygen, its value goes up uh, very quickly. Its value goes up a lot. Whatever it is that's hard to find, its value goes up. For instance, various uh, gemstones and diamonds and so on uh, typically have a high value. But in the modern day, there are different machines that can produce uh, different types of uh, gemstones and diamonds, and so their value uh, goes down. Their value changes. So we see that it changes in this way. Whatever it is that has value or not, this is merely a convention. So if one has a lot of material wealth, um, but the heart doesn't have dhamma, then, uh, then this is a, a situation where the money can't buy dhamma for the heart. And sometimes there's uh, corruption as well, or cheating, even amongst those that have a lot of money. And in this case, the quality, the goodness of the heart is destroyed or degraded by the, these actions. This makes the heart not fresh, makes the heart as if it doesn't have life anymore. Because a heart that has dhamma is a heart with freshness, with life in it. It's just like in the rainy season when the trees uh, become beautiful with lots of greenery and look very fresh and lively. This is a heart with dhamma, whereas in the hot season, the leaves fall, it's dry and it's hot. Such as when I was a younger monk, I went on Tudong, I went wandering to a branch monastery, Wat Sun Gui, and there were no leaves at all, not even a single leaf. And I would uh, 
and I stayed there and had to patiently endure. And compared to this branch monastery, even Wat Nongpapong seemed easeful and filled with shade in comparison. So we see that this tudong, this ascetic wandering, something that's hard to do. I would walk in meditation and it'd be very hot. But there was one good aspect to this was that the afternoon nap would tend to be short because even after just lying down for 40 minutes, uh, the body would be covered in sweat and ants would come uh, crawling on the body and disturbing uh, the body and the mind. And so one would just have just a 40 minute nap. So we see that the situation with a lot of heat, with all the leaves falling, this is the same as a heart that lacks inner quality, inner goodness. It's a heart that's dry. But a mind with goodness, for instance, chanting, one can feel this inner fullness and happiness in the heart. Similarly with helping society, helping others, one can feel this fullness and happiness in the heart. For instance, at this time, some monasteries are cremating corpses uh, without charging any money to the relatives or helping with oxygen. Whatever it is, uh, people are trying to help to the degree that they're able to. So this is merit, this is goodness. So in the beginning we have this quality and practice generosity and we practice virtue and meditation. And for meditation monks, they need a meditation object, whether one is sitting, standing, walking or lying down. One needs one's meditation object at all times. One can use uh, prayer beads, uh, mala beads, to help oneself with this. This is a method to help one in one's cultivation of mindfulness. It's just like caring for an animal, like a dog. The dog needs a leash. Uh, one needs to hold the dog on a leash to keep an eye on it, to keep control of it. Without a leash, the dog will just go anywhere it likes and it won't know what's going on. It'll just wander about and one won't be able to, sh to control it. So one needs a leash. The mind is the same way. The mind without a leash will just think here and there. It'll think anywhere and go about uncontrolled. So therefore we need mindfulness. The leash in this example is mindfulness. So in the four postures of sitting, standing, walking, lying down, we observe what are the feelings in the body. Is one thinking in a meritorious way or a demeritorious way? Is one feeling feelings of pleasure, feelings of pain or neutral feelings? Whatever it is that arises, it's not self. It's not a me, not a mine. There's no one who praises one. There's no one who blames one. If one praises, if someone praises oneself and one doesn't contemplate with wisdom, one can become deluded and lost in this. But when someone uh, blames us, we can practice to give rise to wisdom at that point with whatever sense impression we dislike, we practice to give rise to wisdom. 
to see clearly that it's not a me, not a mind, not a self. We see it clearly as dukkha, as suffering. This is the arising of Dhamma. So we train our minds like this. Meditation monks need to have mindfulness, practice having mindfulness at all times. And this can make the mind fresh and lively. Because the mind that's fresh is a mind that has merit, that has life. And this is something that we like, something that we enjoy. And the mind that's uh, black or dark, uh, it's like a dead tree. No one likes this. So therefore, keep trying to do merit and goodness. On the Lunar Observance Day, we recite the Padimokkha, the monastic rules. And whether it's the 8th or 15th or 14th lunar day, these are days that we take to be special days to do uh, special activities. And what is the purpose of this? The purpose is to contemplate in order to see clearly. And what is it that we want to see? The truth of the way things are. So we take care of our life in this way. And this is a way to pay back the generosity and the care of the laity, the care that the laity gives to the monastics. This is a way to uh, give back to the laity. Because the laity have to find a livelihood, have to work and make money. And they help their mother and father uh, spread loving kindness to their parents and dedicate merit to them as well. And practice generosity, virtue, and meditation, and spread loving kindness and make merit uh, to help their relatives, especially sending loving kindness and merit uh, to relatives that are deceased. And this is out of gratitude uh, to these individuals. It's one way to pay back this debt of gratitude to them so even if it's just a little goodness that one has received from another, one practices not to forget it, but to remember this uh, with gratitude. Just like Venerable Sariputta uh, didn't forget this uh, certain Brahmin gave Venerable Sariputta a bit of food one day, and Venerable Sariputta never forgot this, but had gratitude uh, to this individual so may we be intent in our practice to see everything as samuti, as convention. That money, uh, external wealth, is all a convention. We go to a hospital and nowadays oxygen can have a very high value. Even if one has a lot of money, one still can't get it. Something very hard to get. So may you be heedful in your life See that life is something uncertain, unsure. Uh, one doesn't know when one will die. Contemplate everything as impermanent, stressful, and not self. All materiality and mentality are of this nature. So set your hearts to train like this. If your mind is uh, chaotic and distracted, then repeat your meditation word a lot in the day or during the day. Cultivate right view all the way up to right samadhi.
on this path of sila, samadhi, and panya. You have to fight with ignorance, craving, and attachment because these qualities of ignorance, craving, and attachment are that which destroy the noble path. And when sila, samadhi, and panya, virtue, concentration, wisdom are strong, then they're able to win over greed, aversion, and delusion. But to win over the world champion is something that's not easy because these defilements of greed, aversion, and delusion, they are the world champions. But one day we can win over them and the and become the world champions. This is life, liveliness arising in our own hearts. So practice like this. So today is the Lunar Observance Day, a day to practice virtue. May you set your hearts on this practice. In no long time, mindfulness can arise and increase. Samadhi can arise and increase. Then one can see that all things are empty. And this is something that one didn't intend to do or intend to see, but wisdom arises of its own accord. One doesn't think that this will happen. Uh, one doesn't know what day, what month, what year uh, this will happen. Because the Dhamma uh, gives fruit not according to time. The Dhamma gives fruit irregardless of time. And this is something I've spoken to very often because when I think of it, I feel such great rapture and happiness arise in my heart. But the occasion when the heart gathered together and saw clearly into the Dhamma, the heart had an incredible amount of rapture and fullness. This qual these qualities of fullness and rapture, of bliss in the heart, uh, arose very strongly on this occasion. And at this time, rapture even took care of the body. And I've heard before that in the Brahma worlds, the, the Brahma gods, their bodies are fed by rapture. Rapture is the food for their, for their minds. They don't need uh, food to eat because they have rapture. So this rapture is something important. It gives rise to fullness and happiness. This comes from deep samadhi, a mind that's pure. And this is a mind that can enter jhana, enter absorption, even enter uh, nirodha, sampati, the uh, cessation, the attainment of cessation. So then rapture takes care of the body and mind when the mind gathers together like this. One sees clearly that all things arise and cease. And then a rapture, rapture arises uh, to a great degree in the heart and mind. So in the Satipatthana Sutta, it's taught to see the body is merely the body. But what we typically see is the body is a self. It's a me, it's a mine, it's a person, it's a being. It's a me and a mine, or a you and a yours. The body is a person. And external things have names like meditation hall or uposita hall. And we feel like this is true. But 
we see, for instance, in the meditation hall, we feel like it's very big when there's just a few people in it. And this is based on the proliferation of the mind. But when a lot of people come and fill the meditation hall, then we feel like the meditation hall is small. And again, this is based on mental proliferation. But in reality, the meditation hall is just how it is. It's just natural elements that have come together. Similarly with uh, beings, there's no one who joins with us and no one who separates from us. We don't lose anyone. It's just the four elements of earth, air, fire, and water, uh, which are impermanent uh, suffering and not self. And this knowing element, which arises and ceases all the same. But ignorance, craving, and attachment uh, take us, take these knowing elements endlessly through the cycle of birth and death. And this is something that is truly fearful. If we're born into a good place, then it's okay. But we may be born in a bad place, which is very difficult. So this is ignorance, craving, and attachment uh, pulling the mind through birth and death. So that which we must meet with, which we must practice to see is the Buddha, to see the Buddha in our own heart. So on the outer level we see uh, monks may be good or not good, but the thing that's of importance is to make our mind good, to give life to our minds, to have Dhamma in our hearts. So may you all set your hearts on this practice.